What's up, everybody? Welcome into the Denver Sports Podcast. We are presented by Breckenridge Brewery, the official beer of DNVR. Make sure to pick up some Breck Brew this weekend to watch the Broncos. Well, I guess not this weekend. They play on Monday. Broncos, Bills, Monday Night Football. That's what I'm talking about on today's show. I got a great interview coming up in a little bit with former Bronco Todd Davis. You might know him from the Broncos or from the DNVR Broncos podcast. Uh, But I talked with Todd, who was teammates with Von Miller, about what it's going to be like for the Broncos to play against Von Miller for the first time since Von Miller left the Broncos and was traded away a few years ago. So we talked Von. We talked what it was like being Von Miller's teammate. Todd Davis also revealed something about his relationship with Von Miller to me on the Denver sports podcast that he says he's never said in any interview or on any podcast before. And we got our first, the Denver sports podcast exclusive from Todd Davis. So I'll get to that interview in one second. We kind of set the stage for, you know, Monday's game against Von Miller. Uh, But my opening rant today, my, my big point today I still need to get with with marketing and, and, and brand this segment. But I do not think Denver, Colorado is a Broncos town anymore. I think it shifted to the town of another team, which I'll get to in a second. And that, to me, is a crazy statement to say, but I think it's true. Because I grew up here, and for most of my life, this has been a Broncos town. Like For most of my childhood, you planned everything around what time the Broncos were playing that weekend, Sunday, Monday, whenever it was, you made your plans based on when the Broncos game was. And it's not that way anymore. And I think it's not that way for two reasons, which I'll get to. Um, But I was just thinking about this game coming up Monday, Von Miller against the Broncos for the first time, Monday night football, And 10 years ago, it would have felt like the center of the sports universe. And now it just kind of feels like another game. Um, But I think the biggest reason why this is not a Broncos town anymore is obviously because the team has been so mediocre for these last several years. Um, Like the Broncos were so big years ago. Like they were everything. They were the biggest event in town every weekend. They were the biggest story every weekend. Like I said, you built your entire week plans around when the Broncos were playing. One radio station in town built their entire brand on only talking about the Broncos. And it was successful for a long, long time because that was true. It was really the only thing people cared about. Um, But the Broncos kind of blew a 3-1 lead. And the biggest reason they did is because they just got into this area of mediocrity where you don't want to be in sports. It's the worst place to be where you're not good enough to contend, but you're not bad enough to tank for a franchise-changing player. That's where the Broncos are right now, and it's where they're probably going to be for a couple years. Um, The Broncos also just, like, they don't have a story right now. And in sports, we love a story. Like, a story is something you can get behind. The Broncos don't have that right now. They're boring. They have nothing that gets you really interested 
They've got just not a lot of young talent that you feel great about. And that's why they're kind of three and five. And despite the fact that they're three and five, and like, I don't think they're really going anywhere this season. They held on to everybody at the trade deadline, but I think you can look at that and say, what are they going to jumpstart their rebuild by trading Jerry Judy for a third round pick? Probably not. But no, Peyton Manning was a great football player, but he had a great story behind him. Same goes with John Elway. Same goes with Tim Tebow. He had an awesome story behind him, and it was an awesome story to follow. So the Broncos are mediocre. They're not fun to watch. They're not that interesting to talk about, I don't think. And you don't really see the path forward. You don't see what this story could unfold into. And that's why the, I don't think this is a Broncos town anymore. Um, I do think we've shifted to this being a Nuggets town. I do think Denver, Colorado is a Nuggets town. I do think this is a basketball city. And the biggest reason why is obviously because of their success, but they've been building towards this. And the Broncos haven't. Like The Nuggets have been building this story for years and years and years. And people have been buying in and getting in at, at certain moments. Um, maybe it was when Nikola Jokic first got the starting center job. Maybe it was when he first made an all-star team. Uh, maybe it's when Jamal Murray really ascended to like a star-level player in the bubble. Maybe that's when you bought in. But there are all these points to jump in. And the Nuggets are fun, and they're interesting, and they're easy to root for. They have an awesome arc to them. And this goes back to their story. They drafted their core. They built this thing slowly. They didn't do the super team thing, even though they probably couldn't just because they're Denver. They're a small to mid market in NBA terms. But people love that approach to team building. And it's, I do think it's got it's what a lot got a lot of people interested in the Nuggets when they were kind of on their rise. Um, but like the Broncos are none of those things. Like they don't have anything that the Nuggets had going for them in their story arc. Um, so they're down bad right now. The Broncos are, but I do think there's a chance. I do think there's a pathway. I think there's some reality out there where the Broncos actually do take back this town because Denver was originally a football town. And I don't think the Nuggets are going anywhere, obviously. I think they're going to be this team for years. Uh, but I do think there's a scenario where the Broncos can take it back. And a big reason why is because they have great ownership. And ownership, to me, is one of the biggest competitive advantages in sports. It's one of the biggest built-in advantages. If you have good owners that are willing to spend the money, that's huge. And I do think the Broncos have that. I do think the Bowen family made the right decision to sell the Broncos to uh, a descendant of the Walmart heir, you know, uh, to a the Walmart family. I, I forget the exact relation, but they have tons and tons of money. And that is what you need if you're going to own a team. Not to say that the other teams in town don't have great owners, um, but I think the Broncos could eventually take this town back and they could eventually be good again a couple couple years down the line years years away still but 
the Broncos ownership, if you remember last season, like what was it, week 16, week 17, they constructed a new field or they put a new field at mile high just because because they needed one. They didn't have to do that. Uh, they renovated a lot of mile high over the last year. They didn't need to do that. They're sinking like $200 million into a new practice facility. I can guarantee you their practice facility right now is better than a lot of other teams who aren't renovating theirs. But the fact that they're committed and the fact that they're putting in money, I think will set the Broncos up in a couple years to like maybe think about taking back this town. Um, but for right now, and I think in the immediate future, this feels like a Nuggets town to me. I sense that the biggest events on the calendar right now are Nuggets games. I don't sense that they're Broncos games. And that just goes back to Monday Night Football, Broncos, Bills. This game just kind of feels like another game to me where a couple years ago, five, ten years ago even, like this would have felt like the event definitely of the month. This would have been an event you put on your calendar, you build your whole weekend around but it's just not anymore because I do think this is a, a Nuggets town. All right, let's hit a quick break. On the other side, I spoke with Todd Davis about Von Miller, his former teammate, what it's going to be like for the Broncos to play against Von Miller this weekend, and some untold stories that Todd Davis revealed that I had never heard about Von Miller, and I can guarantee you you have never heard about Von Miller uh, before. Uh, but we will get to that right after this. Uh, guys, at DraftKings Sportsbook, it's NFL season. So who are the pretenders? Who are the contenders? We're more than halfway through the NFL season. Uh, but DraftKings Sportsbook is still pumping out unbeatable offers every single game. New customers right now can bet just 5 bucks on anything to get $200 instantly in bonus bets. Uh, DraftKings isn't stopping there. All customers can also take advantage of a sweetener offer Every single game day. Uh, let me just go on to the DraftKings Sportsbook app right now. Let's look at Nuggets or not Nuggets. I'm so locked in on the Nuggets. Broncos, Bills. Uh, I just love how when you go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app, there's just all those odds boosts there right away. Uh, Broncos, Bills, Monday Night Football. Broncos are a seven-point underdog plus seven you can bet on that right now on the DraftKings Sportsbook app get in on the football action with DraftKings Sportsbook an official sports betting partner of the NFL download the app now use code DNVR new customers can bet just five dollars on anything to get two hundred dollars instantly in bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code DNVR the crown is yours gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net in New York call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY to 467-369 in Connecticut, help is available for problems with gambling. Call 888-789-777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas. Licensee partner of the Golden Nugget Lake Charles. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after insurance. See sportsbook.draftkings.com slash football turn for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gambling resources. Also, make sure to check out the Game Time app. And I think I'm using Game Time tonight for 
Avs Blues at uh, Ball Arena. Oh, sorry, that's tomorrow, Saturday night. I think I'm going to that game, but I did get my tickets on Game Time. You can download the Game Time app, use code DNVR for twenty dollars off, and that is my Game Time game of the week for this week. Avs Blues Ball Arena Saturday, Saturday night at Ball Arena. It's going to be packed. So make sure you get your tickets on the Game Time app. Again, download the Game Time app, create an account. Use code DNVR for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. But again, create an account. Redeem code DNVR for $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets. Lowest prices guaranteed. All right. Back here on the Denver Sports Podcast. We're presented by Breck Brew. Let's get to my chat with Todd Davis about Von Miller. What it was like to play with him as a teammate and some untold stories. All right. Join now on the Denver Sports Podcast. Broncos legend Todd Davis. Todd, I had to bring you on because Broncos are playing Von Miller this weekend in Buffalo. They're playing against him for the first time since they traded him back in 2021. You were his teammate for six seasons, I believe, six seasons. What's it going to feel like for you as a fan and formerly somebody who lined up with this guy? What's it going to feel like for you? You know, somebody who played with him to watch the Broncos play against Von Miller. I think it's going to be really cool, but at the same time, I think it's going to be really, like, awkward. I feel like I'm going to be torn. Yeah. Because I feel like one on one make plays, so every play he makes, I'll probably cheer. But I also know that that hurts the Broncos, you know, and limits our chances of winning that game. So I'll definitely be torn as a teammate, as a fan, as a former player um, between the two teams. What do you think it's going to be like for – the guys on the team who played with him because there are a couple yeah. i was just going back to the roster justin simmons kareem jackson garrett bulls Jerry judy Cortland sutton a bunch of these guys were on the team those last couple years how is that dynamic when you're playing against the guy who who you lined up with you gotta remember that uh you're here to win the football game you know yeah because it's easy to get i guess low to sleep because you guys are friends you guys do have like camaraderie and if you ever played with Vaughn, he wasn't somebody that he always brought you, I guess, into the inner circle, no matter who you were. Mm -hmm. You were at the house, you were hanging out, he would invite you to games, invite you to dinner. So, you know, you felt like you were in the inner circle, no matter who you were on the team. So they got to remember, like, you still kind of got to go for blood just a little bit to be able to win the game. Um, and and I guess not be friends for for the um, 60 minutes, 60 yeah. minutes, um, and then shake hands after the game. Is there a lot of trash talking in those situations? Um, sometimes, sometimes, because, you know, I mean, football teams, we have beef just like other people have beef. Sure. So <laughs> there may be some guys that have beef. With sure. I don't it's, know if they do, life. but it's just yeah. life. Um, but if it's in those situations, there's definitely some trash talk. You kind of were getting into it for a second, but from your experience, what's it like being teammates with Von Miller? Uh, I think it's great, man. He's a great guy, uh, very charismatic, um, you know, loves to be around people and also entertain. So he's definitely um, likes to have a good time. So um, I think he's just a great teammate because he was never too big for anyone. He treated everyone the same, whether you were um, a starter or on the practice squad. He showed you love. Mm -hmm. And um, I think that's why guys like loved playing with him and being around him. Mm -hmm. What was he like? in the locker room like what kind of leader was he i mean you kind of talked about it a little there he's a guy who always bring people together mm -hmm. he made you feel like you were in the inner circle i mean who was he like behind the scenes in the locker room 
Um, I think just more of the same. Um, definitely was the DJ locker room DJ. Okay, for sure. Um, so, so what's his what's his playlist look like when he he plugs in the aux cord? Uh, it was always heat, no matter what. <laughs> it was fire. Um, and the thing about it is, like, he knows a lot of entertainers. Um, on personal levels. Okay. So he would drop stuff in the locker room before it was even, you know, mainstream. He so had he's like a giving lot of you exclusives. Exclusives, for okay. sure. For sure. <laughs> um, so it was always hype in the locker room. Um, and I think, I think that we had a good relationship um, and a different relationship because um, after my, you know, first year with the team, I found out uh, that we were actually cousins. So Wait, I did not know that. Yeah, so my great-grandfather and his grandfather are brothers. Okay. And so my great-grandfather, I think, had kids younger, so it, like, bumped me down a generation. But actually, when his grandfather passed, um, that's how we came to find out that we were uh, cousins. You've brought this up on the DMVR Broncos podcast. No, I'm I guessing. haven't, so I'm giving wow. you an exclusive. This is an know? exclusive. Todd Davis and Bob Miller <laughs> are cousins. Yeah, yeah, small wow. world. So I think um, once we found that out, I think we, uh, you know, just kind of changed the dynamic of things. So we did like, you know, Christmas and Thanksgivings together and things like that. But um, always got love for Vaughn. Um, family, not family, just was a great person. You guys still talk? Yeah. Yeah. We text um, every now and then. I texted him before um, the start of this week. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm ready to see him have a good game. What? where's kind of his head at heading into this game? Could you I, get a feel for that? Yeah, I think, you know, I think he's excited. I can speak for myself when I played like a former team in the New Orleans Saints. Like I wanted to have a career day. I wanted to, you know, I guess make them sorry for releasing me, trading me, whatever it may be. Yeah. Um, you want to play your best game and remind the team that you still are the man. So I think that's kind of where his head's at. He wants to definitely go out and put on a show, not because he wants to hurt anybody, but he just wants to, um, play play a great game for the city of Denver, for all the fans he wants to see. He knows that they want to see him shine. Yeah. You were on the Super Bowl winning team with him, obviously. What do you think Vaughn Miller and means to the city of Denver? Like, what do you think his legacy is here? Yeah, um, I think he is one of the biggest sports figures to ever play uh, in a mile high city. Um, I think, you know, what he did in that Super Bowl alone, um, winning Super Bowl MVP as a defensive player, really carrying the team with plenty of Hall of Famers on the roster, and he's right. the one that really sticks out and makes a name for himself. I think that performance is kind of, in a lot of ways, unmatched, you know, by anything that um, another professional player has done in Denver. And then just outside of Denver, the way he gave back to the community with Vaughn's vision mm -hmm. and his personality, I think everybody gravitated to him. I think when you bundle all that up, I don't know, you know, besides John, I don't know a bigger name in Denver sports history, really. Mm -hmm. I'm going to go over what a lot of people think are his top three Broncos moments. You mentioned Super Bowl 50. Yep. The two strip sacks of Cam Newton in that game. Um, probably not just the best plays of his career, but two of the best plays in Broncos history. Yep. Do you how vividly do you remember those those two plays in Super Bowl Fifty? Yeah, I remember them uh, pretty vividly. <laughs> uh, I remember uh, because the one was picked up by Malik. I think Malik. And then one was Dewey got the other one. I think so. Okay, yeah, yeah. Those were uh, game changing moments. I mean, after those both those plays, it was kind of like. Yeah, this game is over. Uh, we're definitely walking away with the chip. There's nothing they can do about it. Uh, yeah, he put his stamp on the game, man. I think that was one of the first times I've seen kind of 
a player really take over a game. Mm-hmm. Like he wanted it and he went and took it and there was nothing that anybody could do. And sometimes that's hard for a, a de- defensive player to do. For know? sure. For sure. I think we have limited opportun- opportunities. And I think there's so many ways that offenses can scheme against you with mm-hmm. quick passes and running away from you. It's very hard to put your stamp on a game and really take it over. Mm-hmm. Um, were you on the team for the AFC championship game against the Patriots? Yep. You were on that team. Four quarterback hits, two and a half sacks, and an interception. You guys beat the Patriots twenty eighteen that year. How how locked in is that memory of of that game? You know, it's crazy because you know he's had so many great games to me. I think the Super Bowl stands out, but I think all the other ones. I think I just remember him making dominating plays. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, in regular season in the playoffs, he's had so many plays. I, I say that my favorite play is one time where he saved my butt. It was like a uh, a power play, and I kind of got blown up out of my gap. And he uh, he makes the running back fumble. He scoops mm-hmm. and scores. Like you know that I I would have probably gotten yelled at in in the meeting for not doing my job, but because yeah. he made such a miraculous play, it saved me. So I felt like that is definitely one of my favorite plays personally. Who was that against? Oh man, I don't even remember. I don't remember. I'll have to go back and find it. I don't really want you to. I really don't want you to go. (laughs) Because you messed up on the play. Yeah, because I kind of get blown up on the play. So let's just remember it. We don't have to visualize it. Just we know it happened, you know? Yeah, for sure. (laughs) Um, The other one I got here, I don't think you were on the team, but 2013, Sunday Night Football again versus Brady and the Patriots. Eight tackles, two sacks. I was going down this list and I'm like, he had absolute monster game after monster game and um yeah like you said definitely one of the the icons of of denver sports for sure um how much love does he still have for the city of denver do you think you know i think he loves the city of denver all the time um or still has a lot of love for the city of denver he comes back here uh pretty frequently i mean he still has a house here um like i said i I think he would have loved to retire here and be been here Mm -hmm. full time um, you know, when he talks about the Broncos and different in different uh, on different teams, he speaks as it as we like he's still a member of the team. Um, so I think he always going to have a special place in his heart. Um, you know, Denver will. Yeah. And I don't think he'll play anywhere else for as long as he played in Denver. He was drafted here. I think this is always going to have a special place in his heart for sure. Yeah. When he got traded. Do you remember that? Like, what what was the feeling when he got traded? Yeah, it was tough, man. I just felt like, um, you know, it was at a point in time where I felt like the Super Bowl 50 team, I think there was like, at that time, I had just been traded a little bit before him. Mm-hmm. Um, then it was only Vaughn and BMAC were the last two players uh, from the Super Bowl team. So it kind of felt like they were kind of like stripping down the Super Bowl 50 team. Right. And when Vaughn left, like, you know, that felt like, okay, this is over. They're trying to do something new. Yeah. Um, and I wish he could have stayed here and been a, a Bronco his whole entire life because I like when guys stay places, have a long career there, and teams, I guess, even after their prime, teams are willing to pay them um, for what they mean to the team, what they've already done, and what they mean to the city. I, I, I enjoy when I see yeah. that. I do love that he still has so much love for the city of Denver, mm-hmm. though, and like you talked about, when I've gotten that sense, too. Whenever you see him, like, do an interview and he's talking about Denver, he's still saying we. Mm-hmm. And um, I also get the feeling that, like, he probably wishes he could have stayed. Yeah. I mean, it all worked out. Got another another contract. Got Can't another ring. 
I mean, it definitely all worked out for him. Yeah. Um, Broncos are three and five. Two straight wins before the bye week. What's your feeling heading into this game in Buffalo in terms of like, is this another must win type of deal? It feels like these last couple of weeks have been. Yep. What's kind of your, your feeling around this game heading into it? You know, I don't feel like this is a must win for us, but it can be a, a big win if we're able to pull it off. Um, you know, I think the second half of our schedule, there's definitely a lot of winnable games in it to put mm -hmm. us in position to, you know, cross your fingers, knock on wood, make the playoffs. Uh, but if we win this one, I think that not only the fan base, the city of Denver, but national media is going to be like, all right, we got to start like watching what the Broncos do. Um, they might be the uh, the underdogs, but you know you definitely can't count them out at this point. Yeah, I think that's a good point because if you look at the schedule after this, Minnesota, Cleveland, Houston, the Chargers, the mm -hmm. the Patriots, there are a lot of winnable games in there. So you know maybe the tide kind of starts turning a little bit. Um, who needs to step up this week, though? Like, who's a couple players that, that you got your eye on that you think could have big-time games? You know, I think it's going to be um, a game for the offensive line. Okay. Um, they did a great job running the ball uh, two weeks ago, but, you know, you're going up against a very good front and a Von Miller that is good in the run and the pass. So I need the O-line to really step up, and specifically Mike McGlinchey and Garrett Bowles because – going to have your hands full um so i think it's important for them to have a really great game and i think as as they go on the run blocking i think the whole team will go mm -hmm. so that's my number one group to look at and see and then also i think our back end i think that you know pastor 10 and justin simmons um you know they got to have a great game you know josh allen will definitely give you a couple balls he's going to make some some bad throws and we have to capitalize off of them and put our team in the best position to win what are you telling the offensive line when they're getting ready to pass protect against Von Miller? Uh, first of all, I'm talking to the running backs. Like, we're going to chip a little bit. We're going to we have gotta our give tight them, We got to give them some help. We got to give them some love. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I'm just telling them, listen, we, if you can give Russ three or four seconds, you know, that's all I can ask from you. Anything more than that is icing on the cake. But just give them three seconds. If you can do that, we'll have a good chance to win the game. Yeah. There you go. Todd, I appreciate it. Dropping some knowledge on what it was like to play with Von Miller. Um, can't wait for uh, Monday Night Football. Von Miller back against the Broncos. Um, Todd, thanks for coming on. Absolutely, man. Thank you for having me. Awesome. Thanks for uh, thanks to Todd Davis for coming on there. So how about that? Him and Von Miller are cousins. What? <laughs> he gave us our first The Denver Sports Podcast exclusive, uh, and they didn't find out until a few years ago. But I loved what Todd had to say about how much Vaughn still reps Denver and still has love for Denver, especially if you compare that to a former Nuggets player who started his career in Denver, got drafted by Denver, was with the Nuggets for a while, and then went to New York, and now he only reps New York. That's a little interesting comparison, I think. Vaughn Miller has not lost any love that he had for Denver. Of course, Von Miller came here and won a championship. Carmel Anthony obviously didn't do that with the Nuggets. He did not have a lot of success in the playoffs, aside from 2009 when they went to the Western Conference Finals, and we all know Chauncey Billups was a huge part of that. Um, but Von Miller still feels like a Denver athlete. He still feels like a Bronco. 
Carmelo Anthony has made no effort to still feel like a nugget, to still feel a connection or have any connection to the city of Denver. Uh, but props to Von Miller for having that. Like I, I have a lot of respect for Von Miller because he still loves Denver and, and he still refers to the Nugget or the Broncos as we. I actually love that. Uh, so shout out Von Miller for still repping Denver and not uh, turning into Carmelo Anthony, who, if you have only paid attention to for the last couple of years, you would have thought Carmelo Anthony never played for the Nuggets. He only played for the Knicks. He grew up there, despite the fact that he didn't. He only lived there when he was like two years old. Um, but he only reps the Knicks. So I got love for Von Miller for uh, still repping the Broncos. Uh, let's hit another break on the other side. Got some mailbag questions to get to. Of course, it's a lot of Nuggets stuff. Because when I ask for mailbag questions, I get Nuggets questions. So uh, we'll get to those on the other side. Guys, check out FOCO. FOCO is the leading manufacturer of sports and entertainment merchandise with a product line that includes apparel, accessories, toys, collectibles, novelties, and more. A lot of the stuff on our sets, on this set, Studio A downstairs, it comes from FOCO. And all their stuff, is leg it's legit because they're officially licensed for all sports and fandoms. All leagues, players, they can use name, image, like, like they can do great stuff because they're officially licensed uh, with all the leagues. Uh, like I said, set decorations, they've just got awesome other stuff, clothes, like blankets. Like they got everything at FOCO. FOCO always has our back for Cardo Sports. They have yours too. Get the best gear around by using the link in our description. For all non-presale items, use the promo code DNVR for 10% off. For all non-presale items, use the code DNVR for 10% off. Also, Go to thednvr.com, sign, sign up to be a diehard member. Seven bucks a month, you get access to exclusive content on the website. You get access to DNVR Daybreak, the uh, three times a week, soon to be daily newsletter uh, that I write and get sent out to all the subscribers. It's like Denver Sports in five minutes. It's a one-stop shop for all things Denver Sports. You get access to that, DNVR Daybreak. Uh, you also get a discount at the bar. You get money off your tab every time you're here. You get exclusive apparel and shirts uh, designed by the very best D-line. So there's so many cool members or so, so many cool perks to being a DNVR diehard. You get uh, discounts on the takeover events that we do, all DNVR events that we do. So go to thednvr.com to sign up for that. Uh, seven bucks a month. You can become a dnvr diehard and finally shout out to breckenridge brewery the official beer of dnvr the presenting sponsor of this podcast stop into the bar if you're local corner of colfax in york get a get a breck brew beer here avalanche amber it's that kind of season we got the juice drop ipa on tap broncos country pale ale good company hard seltzers if that's your thing uh, if you don't know where to get breck brew check out the breck brew beer locator type in your zip code on their website Shows you exactly where to get Breck Brew. Breckenridge Brewery is the official beer of DNVR. All right, let's hit the mailbag before we get out of here on this edition of the Denver Sports Podcast. This first question comes from Jeremy J. Rock Michael. He says, is Calvin Booth versus Timmy C., Tim Connolly, the Western Conference Finals that we deserve? So he's talking about, is Nuggets Timberwolves? 
the Western Conference Finals that we deserve. I don't know if you guys have seen, but Minnesota is out to a hot start this season in the Western Conference. They've beaten the Nuggets. They crushed the Nuggets. They took it to the Nuggets. And they also beat the Celtics. So they got a couple great wins. I think people in Minnesota now have realized that Tim Connolly knows what he's doing. He's actually a really good GM who knows how to build a well-rounded team. But are we getting that in the Western Conference Finals? I think we could if Minnesota can make it there. Because I don't know if Minnesota is the second-best team in the West, but they might be the Nuggets' toughest competition in the West. I think right now I'd put them as that. Uh, So that would be, I think, the Nuggets' toughest challenge, the Timberwolves. We'll see if those two teams can meet in the Western Conference Finals. But I do think that Tim Connolly definitely built this Minnesota team specifically to play against Nuggets. They've got length. They got defense. They got athleticism. They got three 6'10", 6'11", 7-footers that they can throw at Nikola Jokic. Nobody's going to stop him, but at least they got length. They got McDaniels, probably the best matchup on Jamal Murray in the league. I think Tim Conley's got something going in Minnesota, and I think they are the Nuggets' toughest matchup if they were to get to the Western Conference Finals. Uh, this next question comes from Sir Sketch. He writes in, how much would a World Series mean to Denver as a whole compared to what we've experienced with the Broncos, Avs, and most recently the Nuggets? Would the parade rival the million strong from Broncos country? I don't think it'd be a million. Um, but... If you guys remember when the Rockies were good, when they've made the playoffs, when Rocktober happened, Denver is a great baseball town. A lot of that has to do with Coors Field being right downtown. It's in a great location. It's Coors Field is the best bar in Denver. It's mainly why people go to games. But people love when the Rockies are good. This town can definitely get behind a baseball team, a good baseball team, and that's why it's kind of been such a shame that the Rockies have been a disaster and probably will continue to be. Um, But I think a good Rockies team would energize the city for sure during the summer when there's just nothing going on. Uh, Denver in the past, like I said, when the Rockies have been good has been a great baseball town. So I think it would, it would be pretty cool. I think there would be some juice behind it. I think there would be some energy behind it. And um, the only thing is, I don't think it's going to happen, but it would be cool if it did. Chad C writes in, if you could add any player from NBA history to this Nuggets team to make it better, who would it be and why? Great question. I would go with Scottie Pippen. He can defend the best wings. He can also run a little point guard. On your second unit, he's a threat to score. He's big. He's tall. And he's also like a top, you know, 30 player of all time. But Chad didn't give me any parameters there. Scottie Pippen's the first guy I thought of, though. Great two-way player. Tall, long, fits the Calvin Booth MO in that way. Lockdown defender. Great offensive player, too. But he can also run a little point guard for you. And the Nuggets second unit, I think, could use that. Uh, let's see what else here. Sean writes in George Carl, friend of the show, keeps mentioning retiring Carmelo's jersey, even tagging the Nuggets to do this this season. 
Uh, I think that would be mad disrespectful to Jokic. My opinion is the Nuggets shouldn't only retire Mel's jersey once Joker retires. Joker is better than Mel. What do y'all think? Uh, how about how Carmelo Anthony and his relationship to Denver has been just all over Twitter this entire week? Um, it's been everywhere. But anyways, like... I know everybody loves to talk about this. Should the Nuggets retire Carmelo's jersey? Should they not? It's disrespectful to Jokic. The Nuggets are going to retire Carmelo Anthony's jersey, I think. And I think they should. But I don't think it should happen for a long, long time. And I don't think it should happen, like Sean said, until they retire Nikola Jokic's jersey. So this this is going to happen well into the future, and I think it should. But I think Nikola Jokic is going to play for a a long time still. I think he's still got, you know, seven, eight years before he retires. I'm one of the people who think Jokic is going to play a lot longer than others. A lot of people think, oh, he's just going to play through the contract, go back to Serbia. We'll never hear from him again. I don't think that's going to be the case. I think he's actually going to have a regular long NBA career for a superstar. I think he's going to play, you know, 15, 16, 17 years. Um, but once he's done, and the Nuggets retire his jersey, number 15 goes up into the rafters. I think then, maybe a couple years after that, you think about retiring Carmelo's. Um, I mean, it's easy to hate on Carmelo Anthony now. You should hate on him for how he exited Denver and how he kind of just pushed the city to the side and how he's never embraced being a Nugget. He has no problem embracing being a Nick. You can hate on him for that for sure, but he did make a massive, massive impact on this city when he was here, and he was a great player for a long time, although his game never really translated to the playoffs, never really played defense, but he was still a great player, and he put the Nuggets on the map. I think eventually his jersey does get retired, but it is definitely after they retire Nikola Jokic's. Uh, Patrick Rasmussen asks, while unlikely to occur, who do you see merit in playing Reggie Jackson with the second unit as a means to further build cohesion and mitigate the size issues for Colin Gillespie or Jalen Pickett by playing with one of them with the stars again? Or could Julian Strother starting maybe be a better traditional point guard? I love this question because this is the most regular season Nuggets question ever. What to do at backup point guard? with Jamal Murray out and Jamal Murray is going to be out of the lineup probably for the rest of the month, maybe a little longer even because the nuggets are not going to rush him back. And a hamstring injury is like the worst thing to deal with for an NBA player. Um, so Reggie Jackson is going to be the starter for a while. And I kind of want the nuggets to experiment. I actually want them to play Colin Gillespie a little bit like they are. Then I want them to play Jalen Pickett. Then maybe I want them to play Julian Strother. I want to see what all three guys can do because that's what the regular season is for. Um, so, yeah, there are size issues. You could stagger guys, yada, yada, yada. I don't think that stuff is that big of a deal. I kind of just want the Nuggets to experiment and, and see what happens from there. Uh, I love this question from Mama Anderson. Should there be a fingernail check for players? I'm just tired of Jokic getting scratched all the time. Uh, maybe. Maybe. But probably not because Jokic is the only player this happens to. And I haven't figured out why. 
It's only him. <laughs> what what's going on here? Uh, but I think I think it's a good point. Maybe we should be checking everybody's fingernails. Uh, BK19 asks, who is the best player in NBA history to match up on defense against Jokic one-on-one? I mean, the easy answer is nobody. Who is the best player in NBA history? The thing is, with Nikola Jokic, if you think somebody is a good matchup on him, that's only the case for a little bit because once he plays you enough, he masters you and he figures you out. This is what happened with DeAndre Ayton. This is what happened with Draymond Green. This is what happened with Rudy Gobert, who Nikola Jokic, I know, personally loves playing against. He loves when he matches up against Rudy Gobert when they played the Timberwolves, even though Minnesota just beat them pretty badly. Um, Draymond Green matched up great with Nikola Jokic for the first couple games of that first-round series two years ago, but then... Nikola Jokic mastered him. Uh, DeAndre Ayton matched up with him great when the when the Suns swept Nuggets, but then Nikola Jokic mastered him. So um, people can match up great with him. Even the same was probably the case with Rudy Gobert until the bubble when Jokic mastered him. Um, but Jokic eventually figures everybody out. Uh, final question here. This comes from Craig Brown. Is Peyton Watson or any other young guy a trade candidate? For an established vet, is it a good idea to do that type of trade? We're going to get a lot of Nuggets questions on this show on the DNVR Nuggets podcast. And here's what I'd say to all of them right now. I would be very, very surprised if there was a significant Nuggets trade this season. Partly because Calvin Booth is a believer in all his young talent, and he thinks it's important to have this young talent on the roster if the Nuggets are going to be a dynasty. That's what he wants to have happen in Denver. And secondly, because nobody on this roster is making enough money where you could trade them for an impact player. Because any impact player that you're trying to get is making 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15 million. The Nuggets don't really have the salary to get up to match that. I think the Nuggets will probably get somebody on the buyout market like they did last year when they got Reggie Jackson. I could see that happening. But a trade, especially a Peyton Watson trade, I would be pretty, pretty shocked. Guys, thanks for the questions. Uh, we'll do a mailbag segment a lot of weeks, uh, third segment uh, on the show today. But uh, thanks to Todd Davis for sitting down with me talking about Von Miller. Thanks for listening. Thanks for tuning in. We'll be back next week with another guest on the Denver Sports Podcast. Uh, if you can, hit the thumbs up real quick. If you're watching on YouTube, uh, leave a comment. Uh, tell me how much you like the show. We'd really appreciate it. Uh, if you're listening to this as a podcast, leave us a quick five-star review. Would really appreciate that as well as we're building this show. Thanks for tuning in. Talk to you guys next week.